0: Yeah, you're listening to Lowering the Tone with Meet Katie, with a man like Meet Katie. And this is Tom from Evil 9 saying you should listen to him because he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'll use all these, you know I will, would not (laughs) you? Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Lowering the Tone with me, Meet Katie. This episode we have something slightly different interview-wise. I chat to sculptor, artist, musician, and creative entity, Alex Wright, aka Wreckage Inc., from the legendary Mutroid Waste Company. But before that, I have a ton of kicking music to play to you. And there's a welcome return, I say welcome, I hope it's a welcome return, to the Deep Selection. Been a while since I had dropped things down. Got a little bit dirty and shamelessly indulged myself. <laughs> right, let's get started. Big thank you to Steve and the rest of the Cycno crew down here at Brighton for such a kicking party at Gay Pride, Um, what can I say, that's techno at it's best. Talking about techno, this track tore the roof off, so enjoy. Get. if you want a track listening to the show head over to lowerinthetone.london and hit the
1: Touch and you're listening to Meet Katie on lowering the tone.
0: Elaine Sneddon and Luke Smith thank you so much for your donations uh, without people like you we simply wouldn't be able to run this show if you're interested in donating towards the podcast head over to the website www.lorentone.london and there's a donation button anything you give will be greatly appreciated
2: Oh my gosh, it's an ancient Hold it down, hold it down, hold it down Oh my gosh, gosh. oh my gosh, it's an ancient
3: i a super ghost, a super a
0: the last episode of Lowering the Tone Shake. if you want to catch up on any of the previous episodes head over to loweringthetone.london Okay, one more track, then I'm gonna drop it down to the deep selection.
1: on this podcast, go to loweringthetone.london.
0: Right, just before we get into it, I have a few shows to plug. On the 17th of September, we're going to be doing a Lowering the Tone versus Banker's Switches, and that's Cafe 1001 in Brick Lane, London. I'll be playing alongside Ben Koda, Matt Goddard, aka Dopamine. Johnny Hunter, Big Nick D, and Hoobie Sounds. And that is a free party. On the 24th of September, which is my birthday, I will be at the Tribe of Frog birthday party. And that is at the Lakota in Bristol. We'll be taking over one of the rooms, myself, NeuroDriver, and again Mr. Bengoda. See if you can make any of those pies. And if you do, come say hello. Don't be shy. All right, let's get into this deeper selection.
3: You're listening to Meet Katie on Lowering the Tone.
0: Hey, last uh, shouts for this episode the Mr Wompy Crew thank you for letting me play on your ice cream van again at boomtown festival <laughs> um, it was awesome as always if anyone out there has not been to the boomtown festival I would highly recommend it the level of production is insane also uh, just a quick shout to Don Kane and Layla McKenzie who I met backstage while playing Um, it was an absolute pleasure hopefully I will hook up with you all again soon
3: Can't you see it? I'm trying. I can read.
0: For listening to Deeper Selection, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to play one more tune and then we're going to get into that interview with Wreckage Inc. welcome alex wreckage inc to lowering the tone um this time round i've come to visit you on a disused disused dis- it's disused army base isn't it former army barracks army barracks called, yeah. in a sorry in the uk and um it's a sunny sunday afternoon I, this came together very quickly i messaged you on friday and you said i said what about sunday and you went yeah all right yeah. Yeah, um, didn't realise I'd be
1: so hungover.
0: Yeah, (laughs) at least you prepared me, you went, oh, Mm. it was a long barbecue (laughs) that lasted all night. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, where on earth should we start? We have have a lot of things to talk about. We've
1: already gone over most of it. (laughs) We
0: have actually sat here and had a chat about what we should speak about and actually kind Mm. of covered it all before we started recording.
1: I think probably you're going to have to end up going bleep, bleep, bleep. (laughs) Have you got a bleep thing? Beep,
0: beep. Well, let's um, let's start from the beginning. There,
1: there's some names and stuff that shouldn't be mentioned, but
0: all right. Well, let's see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's start from the beginning. Where 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 are, you, where are you from, and how did you get started with wreckage and mutoids? Really? Um.
1: Well, um. Yeah. I was sort of born in Nottingham, went to Scotland with my folks when I was about six. Grew up in Fort William, and then I couldn't wait to get out of there, so I went to Edinburgh. That wasn't big enough. <laughs> And as I went to London with my sister, moved into a squat in Haringey, went to this really cute little pub. We met up with this crew called Haringey Homes for All. And we were like, how does this squatting thing work? And they gave us a crowbar and went, well, is this flat? over we there, so <laughs> broke in.
0: When was this? What, what oh, God. God, we were like
1: 84 what? or something, 80s, 85, yeah. you know what I mean? And then and pretty much a couple of weeks later, my sister's best mate from high school was going out with this um, um, Bob, the dentist. He was a dentist, and uh, he ran a crew called CPA. They were, it was a sound system. All right. Okay. And well,
0: uh, well, like the like what? Well, because well, obviously, the early eighties wasn't so much.
1: I don't know what they were playing, to be honest. But they were like, okay, we're doing this party. You got to come and check it out. He's, he's a mental, was it was a dance music. It was, or was, it? was, it? It was a mutoid party oh right so we're like you gotta come check this shit out it's fucking off the wall so me and my sister went down there and it was on a meager place on caledonian road right yeah. close to king's cross and uh, i'm just down down a little alley you went down this little alley and you're like this doesn't feel right going down this alley and then you went through this little doorway and then you came out into like it was like cars hanging up in the ceiling with a headlight shining at the floor and um the floor was kind of flooded with water you didn't know how deep it was so it was like a bridge <laughs> that went over this kind of water. So everybody went over the bridge, obviously, and there was a big spider's web made out of sort of tow ropes and stuff. And it was like guys just hanging on this tow rope, uh, hanging on this spider web, just like rocking out. Do you know what I mean? I was like, this feels right. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, oh, everything that I'd been sort of thinking about in terms of like comic book and artwork and, um, because I wanted to be a comic artist. All right. And, um,
0: but well, can I just, we're, we're sitting in your studio, so I'm just going to just set the scene a little
1: bit. There's a lot of dragons. Drawn. Oh, yeah, well, I'm doing a dragon truck from my mate, Mad Al. I don't, um, want, to, I don't want to spin you off, but, um, yeah. yeah, I can see that you're quite interested in... Well, this is just my, it's just homework, do you know what I mean? When you sort of do a project, you've just got to get all these images out there, try and soak it all in, and that sort of goes towards, um, I mean, this is... It's a drawing here of what the trucks. This is
0: really bad podcast, did Alex. Hey, look I'm at this sorry. picture.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did notice this earlier, check, but yeah. it's a great picture. It's basically a truck and it's gonna have a dragon head on the front. And well, that's um, what, it looks like a big army truck, There you go, a, it is. Um, uh, it's I'm, an I'm an just gonna RL.
0: describe it with a, with a massive um, you see these kind of you dragons. You brought it up, you brought yeah, the I dragon, you know
1: what I mean? But that's uh, that's I'm gonna try and describe it to the I'm listeners. carving out of polystyrene at the moment. It's but a, this is what you
0: see at like Chinatown for the yeah. when the festivals when they the people stand with yeah. all the yeah. big dragons and the yeah, massive yeah. heads and it moves. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like. But I mean, it's so that's why I do. A I make
1: vehicle. I'm, I mean, I make sculpture. I am a sculptor, I guess. You know, it's, um, I think I am an artist. That's what yes, they say. Well, it's definitely artistic but, uh, you know, <laughs> And um and it is my mate, and he was like, "Do you want to build this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." And then I started, and I am like fuck, it's a really big job. <laughs> I was going to say, it's huge. <laughs> so I've got, I, I just bought these huge blocks. I've got this like block of polystyrene, it's sort of like 15 foot by 10 foot by 8 foot, and I've got to carve a dragon's head out of it, and then I've got to mould that in fibreglass and then pop the thing out of the mould, so, okay. yeah.
0: Right, well, look, I'm going to take you back to Caledonian Road. That was oh, yeah. my fault. Okay. Yeah. Right, so, <coughs> yeah. Sorry, I can see um, that you've had a long night, and I am putting you on the spot, so you're yeah. holding up well, mate. Um Cheers. But um Caledonian
1: Road... That was my introduction was to the mutoid waste. And, and that was a mutoid waste. And when I first went there, I was just like, fuck, I've got to work with these guys, you know, and, and I ended up... <laughs> And what happened? So, like, I went, there was a bunch of guys, like, battering shit out of some oil drums, like, basically just some impromptu kind of <laughs> percussion thing going on. And I picked up this bit of metal started battering this oil drum. And this geezer came up to me and went, excuse me, that's my toe bar. Do you mind putting it down? <laughs> and I was like, really? I was, I'm just trying to, you know, he was like, mate, put it down. And I was like, okay. Later on, I, I got to know this was uh, Robin and he was one of the founders of the Mutoids. So
0: um, with the Mutoids, because obviously
1: um, Joe is
0: kind of like yeah. probably one of the biggest faces of Mutoid. Well, the founders
1: of it was like Robin and Joe, um, Ricky Lee. Um, who else was there? I mean, there's like a bunch of yeah. So a collective. But it was a collective. Well, yeah. Joe always wanted it to be Joe Rush in the Mutoid Waste Company, but a lot of people said to him just. Sharp, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not listening to this one and um yeah no they were a wicked crew man they were just it was yeah and what happened so that, that first meeting i'm sort of chatting to robin robin's saying put down that tow bar this geezer fell out of the roof right and it was like you know it was, a, it was a warehouse probably about 20 foot up there was like his metal kind of eaves this guy just Fell out, there was a bunch of people up there hanging on the, I don't know what they were doing up there, but he fell, landed on Robin's bus, bounced off the bus, landed on the car, bounced off the car, landed on the floor, got up and went, wiki party, mate. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So this is kind of Uh, like, this is what pre-Acid House it was, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what the music... The music was kind of I guess, irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, I guess... It was Is that 85, kind
0: of...
1: I guess, something like 85.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of on its way, but I guess there's more of an industrial sort of sound going around Yeah,
1: now. well, we just sort of used to do... Some of the parties that we did... Um, like test department would move in afterwards test yeah. or after us, or before us you know they just did a, a show recently they really? kind of got back together yeah no way. i'm really bummed i missed it but they asked um they asked me and my mate to do some make some instruments for them um giles did i i didn't get together i didn't even get together to go to the gig but um yeah, you know, no, they were wicked they were we, so we didn't really work with them but we were you know, on the same sort of scene. Right, yeah. It was a it was a strange time for music, because it was like, well, I guess we were all kind of listening. I was really in a rare groove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, me fun, too, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I didn't... I was in a band called Cindy Talk. Do you know What's what it called? Cindy Talk. Cindy Talk. What do you we, play? I sort of battered a guitar with a, a drill and stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do play guitar, but at that time, no, we just used to drill into it with a... You know, <laughs> or angle grinder right you know we're in and it's all about noise really just making sounds yeah and um well basically i left i left edinburgh i dropped out of art college because um, um well um yeah gordon sharp from cindy talk was like yeah do you want to come and do a i'm doing this recording do you want to come and do an ep so me and my sister were like yeah so that's somebody down in london and this ep so, so is that
0: what drew you to london
1: Pretty much, it was just an excuse to get out of college because college was shit. It was really um, kind of con- con- conservative, and Edinburgh art College was just shit. <laughs> but Gordon was like, "Yeah, so we're doing this recording." It was in um, it was in Alaska Studios next to Waterloo Station. Mm-hmm. One of the, the bassist out of the Vibrators. It was his oh, really? studio, yeah. And um, we got if we worked from twelve o'clock at night onwards, we got cheap shit you know so we sort of went in there at 12 o'clock and worked all through the night and um we it was on like a, a full full-on fucking 30 channel desk going on the tape and, yeah um, we had we had a tape off and all that yeah that's doing stuff onto a, a bell remember the bells it was basically it was a drum machine that you could um record five or six seconds onto and right. we used it as a sampler Okay. And we were mastering on VHS as a digital. Right. Thing. <laughs> it's like from our old school. And uh, yeah, that, so that was. So, what a, happened to the band? Well, Cindy Talk's still going and they're doing really well. Um, Gordon's, yeah, loads of people really rate it. Um, they're, they're brilliant. They do. It, it's quite, it's really. Um, it, it can be challenging. <laughs> Avant-garde. There's, there isn't a beat. <laughs> we did used to have a beat at some point. It could be challenging. That's challenging not I describe your sure. music. <laughs> sometimes it was beautiful, you know, and sometimes it's just fucking noise. But it was that, that was what we were trying to do, this balance of kind of noise. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. At the time, it was like Noi Bout and then Birthday Party and all that right. kind of stuff. In fact, one of the, um, what's his name, Mark Hart, Mick Harvey from... The Birthday party, he right. drummed on one of our tracks. Oh, okay, they were a big deal yeah. for quite a while. They were, yeah, I fucking loved them. Yeah, that shit, you know, a bit, sorry, <laughs> that's you. Sorry, that. turned mine off. <laughs> sorry, that's my lawyer. It's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so yeah, I kind of started from this kind of noise punk, throbbing, gristly kind of that that was, yeah, the sort of music I was doing then. And um,
0: so then you drift. But then, well, yeah, well, then had,
1: yeah, met with Joe in that, and after a while I drifted into that, and it was pretty much a lifestyle, really, because like living in London at that time, you had to live in a squat, and yeah. um, we all just kind of moved from squat to squat, and different crews worked with different crews, and you know that's what that's what you did.
0: So with um, <clears throat> with uh,
1: with mutual waste
0: and the way that it came together, obviously you you've like vehicles seem to be the the thing they yeah we the had, art cars they're called art cars now but when you started yeah. doing it there wasn't a name they were just we Mad did max style oh futuristic sure. I, Yeah, that was, that was
1: a really <laughs> sweet part of it like as a kid right i used to do motocross and um i had a motorbike so i was really into that my dad taught me how to weld when i was like sort of 10 and um and I was quite artistic, but I didn't put the two together. I was like, right. I've been doing drawings and paintings or I was working on a, on some mechanics. But when I met up with Joe in that, I was just like, shit, I could do both. Do you know what I mean? And it was a real revelation. You had I, the like, skills. Shit, I can get that engine and make that into a face or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that yeah. had, had not occurred to me. You know what I mean? I think it occurred to Joe. Basically, Joe met up with Robin, who was a mechanic. Joe was an artist. Um, Ricky Lee was a scrap dealer. And they sort of met at this kind of, uh, you know, some scrapyard in West London, I don't know, but um, it, it came together in a really organic way that they could actually vibe off each other and, and get some crazy shit together. I mean, it was, you know, you know it was a kind of revelation again. That
0: sounds like a good combination of scrap dealer and artist, and <laughs> welder, mechanic. yeah, mechanic, yeah. you know. Well, got... actually,
1: none of those guys could weld that well. I remember when I went down the yard the first time, and I, I, I learned how to weld when I was 10, obviously, but it was... Um, <laughs> I think it was Strapper was like, yeah, you stick that stick in there and you jiggle it about. And that's that's his welding (laughs) lesson. (laughs) And actually, it's a little bit more than jiggling it about. You know, there's there's your V-butt and there's your <laughs> there's your s and i don't know so oh, anyway, when, sorry, when was the,
0: when was the bit of the breakthrough with sort of like a, a a more of a well i say commercial you're not commercial
1: and i, I understand that i'm not, not I could, but, i've tried but, to be i tried to but, sell out so many times just nobody wanted to buy with, it but with that sort of more popular sort of appeal from the you know from the moment i saw a mutoid party and they'd probably been going for about a year or so I don't even know, how, I think they've been going for about a year when I saw them. And I was just like, it It basically, it It was such a revelation. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it's like an alternative. These people were actually living their life. They're not pretending. It wasn't like, you know, they weren't trying to be clever. They weren't trying to do something. They were Well, they were trying to do something, but they weren't trying to be something that they weren't. Yeah. They were just doing something with no... Rules whatsoever. I mean, I don't know. It sounds a bit naff, but well,
0: no, but it's true. It and uh,
1: I just thought, fuck! It made so much sense to me that that you know, I you could live that way. Just and, and what I think essentially what the, what we were doing and what uh, as a, as a kind of an artistic person, all I've ever wanted to do is just do shit that entertains people, you know. And we we'd never been doing it for the money. That's for sure. Um, we've just been doing it for the love and, you know, and you're still doing and it to entertain motherfuckers you know so
0: I'm just going to go backtrack a little bit um, once you had sort of connected with, with the mutual guys and you're all working together there was a there was a, a moment where everyone moved to Italy <laughs> can I, we just sort oh, of you just tell me what? a little bit yeah, about yeah, that no, cause it's,
1: it's a serious story and I don't think we've ever really told it um, I, I try and tell people what happened, right? So we did this these series of parties at Battlebridge Road, just behind King's Cross. Yeah, and uh, they were big. Like, this well, is London for anyone. London, that doesn't yeah, Battlebridge Road behind. It was a yeah, uh, platform twelve. Walked down there and you went out the back end, and um, it was like it was actually the most filmed um, square mile of of London because it was using all those old Ealing films like. Um, Lady killers, it was all filmed around there, all these like gasometers, it was a really amazing, really picturesque Victorian kind of run down street, at the end of it it was a big old bus depot that we squatted, (laughs) and um, the first party we had like a couple of hundred people, next party 400 people, next party 800 people, next party 1,600 people, it just kept doubling, and after a couple of of months we, it was 4,000 people maybe more i don't know yeah yeah. Uh, so this is i guess about 1986 1987
0: and um just as acid house is blowing up well,
1: yeah i remember Well, they asked me to be a painter that was the when when i first so i went to those first mutoid parties and uh, i was like i've got to be part of this but i ended up working with a crew called screech rock and 2000 ds and we lived in a we squatted a waterloo fire station i've picked parties yeah. that was a wicked spot it was mental yeah. wasn't it yeah we used to have this punk wine you came in right it was a, a basically a black dustbin full of red wine with <laughs> fucking 40 grams of speed in it and we called it punk wine I don't know why it was like a bit of lsd it's <laughs> whatever went just shit went into this fucking drum and you just drank it anyway so uh yeah Joe from the Muties went down there and was like, I love all these little bits of graffiti, which was my stuff. And they tracked me down and asked me to be their painter. So I went down there and started doing some painting. After I'd done a bit of painting, I started making a sculpture. That's when Robin came up and went, hey, you're a painter. Don't start doing a sculpture. Just leave that to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mate, but I'm all over this. <laughs> like yeah, put the welder down, just do some painting. So I painted <laughs> a, I painted battery acid right across these windows, a forty foot kind of expanse of windows with a big smiley face and battery acid. And that was the name of the party, I think, was Battery Acid Pie. And I can't even like I was saying earlier, I just can't even remember who played. I think Mark Moore from S Express DJ'd there. Yeah. And we also we did we were doing some live drumming, so we had a little stage set up and um we all like had these plastic chemical drums. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like battering shit out of that, and that was our thing. You know, and Joe did a bit of harmonica. We we're like, <laughs> ka-tong, 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 ka-tong. And we actually had these like, um, it was like a big, kind of xylophone, loads of plastic tubes, like like sort of pan pipes or something, right? But they were thirty foot long, so meant to drum to actually drum them, you had to stand way up. So I went up this platform. I was like thirty foot in the air with these like ping pong bats. Going boom 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 boom, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't hear shit of what was going on down there. It looked really good. It was like, and like hundreds of people just dancing around and that. And I kept running down, going, "Can you hear me?" Like <laughs> climbing up this ladder, going. It was, like, <laughs> it was yeah, it was quite surreal. That was uh, that was my first gig with the Muties, I guess, for the Barry Acid Party. So then.
0: And then you moved to Italy. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, I was, get,
1: I was getting to that. Oh, but one of the other things that was quite like, funny about that party was that we. I was. So I was running around um, at one point. It was a quid to get in, right? Yeah. It was a quid, and I was running around. There was loads of people climbing over the wall and just everywhere it was a big site and it was people, people were still bunking even when yeah, it's a pound and, and i was like so i was like oi what are you doing and we're going, no, no. i are going "Look, no it's a quid to get in they're like we'll, we'll pay you we just we just wanted to get in we just wanted to make sure we got in we don't really fucking know yeah. it's like here's a quid and then a little bit later i was i find i found these people running around going charging people to get in <laughs> i was like who are you <laughs> so, yeah, just, so yeah people were just randoms so were charging other people a quid to get in
0: So how did, um... That's
1: outrageous.
0: How did that, um...
1: Oh, so, so... uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting (laughs) to it. So what happened then, right? So we did this party. It was about fucking 4,000 people, mental and all that. And, um, the next week we tried to do it, nobody turned up. It was maybe like 50, 60 people kind of wandered in. And, um was sitting around with all the whole parties dressed up, loads of an old bus depot filled with like bits of sculpture made out of cars and trucks and yeah. old chimneys and stuff. We had like um a giant spider made out of uh, Volkswagens. There was you mm. know some some you know, that's what we did. Um As you should do. As you do. <laughs> well it was there, do you know what I mean? There was loads of shit lying around and uh, you just sort of drag it in there and and hook it up and weld it together. And um so we went we just wa- we, we just went out, went down to um King's Cross station and there was a bunch of cops all just standing in front of the station and they were like you can you can get on the tube but you can't get back out and we were like really why and they're going, we're just not letting people out it's like they shut down king's cross station that night and so I like, people couldn't go to the so party. So people yeah, couldn't yeah. come to our party. Right? No way. They fucking did that. Like, right? 1986, they just wouldn't let anybody out of Kings Cross Station. But well, they introduced like, funny know?
0: laws then, didn't they? Well, that, I don't know if it was a law about that. Well, yeah, yeah know, know you know I mean? a they law. Just,
1: they just sort of went, okay, nobody's getting out. And it floored us, do you know what I mean? We yeah. were just like, shit, can we really? They didn't even let the buses. There was no buses. It was dead. Kings Cross, it was weird. So me and my buddies, we all kind of dressed up in weird shit anyway. We used to wear, like, sort of across mud guards on our head and sort of painted up faces and you know <laughs> plastic toys stuck to our head. So they kind of knew mad something mad. was up. Yeah, it was a bit <laughs> like that. And so, yeah, these cops were just looking at us going, okay, you can get on, but you could get off. And we were just, fuck, like the rumble does. How can we compete against this? And we thought about fighting it. You know I mean? Yeah. And well, I mean, how can you fight that? You know, you can't. So we, we kind of got this job with, at Heaven. Remember yeah, Heaven? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Heaven, we're like, we need this new dance floor. We want... Um
0: Heaven was a great venue. It was, yeah, yeah, it was really
1: banging, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it, was, it was quite predominantly a gay night, yeah. but just like, but really Heaven, the, It was
0: gay on a, Originally, it was a... I can't remember name it. Name it, it was just it,
1: gay the nights I went, I don't know. It was
0: a major gay night, but then Spectrum spawned from that, which was Paul Oakenfold's night. Oh, was it? All right. And then subsequently... Carl Cox done stuff there, but oh, yeah. but the night I by the time you know this is much much later the time I was I was involved in playing there was when it was Bedrock, which right, was yeah, the Thursday. But there's Drum yeah. Club as well. Yeah, that yeah used to yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean Heaven. It's a how many people? I mean it's a few, a few thousand people. Yeah, the whole it's a, thing. Is massive. It's massive.
1: Like few floors in it and just really weird dingy little arches, yeah,
0: isn't it? Yeah, and it had uh, what was it called? The sound shaft, which was upstairs, which was a bit yeah. venue. That probably mm. took. Six, mm. seven hundred people on its own. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a, a it's a shame. London just doesn't have is, those. Is it still of, going? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Certainly not parties that I know of.
1: I was there about there. maybe at least eight years ago. I but, went down to something. But there was, I mean, and Nightingale was playing. There,
0: there, were, there were so many good parties at, um, yeah. at Heaven. But yeah, Spectrum was one of the first acid house. Nights. I think it might have it? been that. They it was a Monday sp- night.
1: Can, well, what they said was, "Can you build a something so like, I kind of designed something I built like a score heaven on earth I used to call it yeah <laughs> heaven in, in a, di- heaven heaven in on a earth. dirty arch.
0: <laughs> messy surrounded by
1: sweaty gay blokes <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so wicked but yeah so uh, we designed a few things but in the end what they went with was a skull so it was like a skull and you walked through the eye socket and onto the dance floor oh wow and they paid us uh, I can't remember where it was it was quite a few grand and it was but it was enough for us to like get New tyres on some of the vehicles and, and book a load of um, tickets on a ferry. So and we had this job in Amsterdam. People were like, do you want to come to this festival in Amsterdam? So we left, left the UK. Was yeah, it? We just, did you,
0: was. You planning on coming back or?
1: Was just yeah. Robin's whole thing was just like, we got to go, we got to go now. And he was, you know, <laughs> and I, who is I to argue? You know, I was like, yeah, well, fuck it. The police won't let the people off the tube. So you let when fucking was happening? I was like twenty-one or something. Why not? Yeah, no, I was like, I'm with you, mate, you know. Um, yeah, so we went to Amsterdam and did a party, but we we left because we thought, well, we can't compete with those police that won't let people get off a major train, train station, station, you know what I mean? I mean years later, you know, Steve Bedlam and all that and, and the whole Castle Morton thing, they were all like, yeah, cheers for fucking off from leaving us guys. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Castle
0: um, Morton was a, a bit of a turning point. It was
1: something that I wasn't part of, you know, but I remember all my buddies that we left behind were like so yeah, many cheers, people, mate. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you left kind of pre,
0: what was that? The, um, that's when there was the criminal justice bill and it all just... They started bringing it in.
1: Yeah, like this it. was... It wasn't when, just us doing parties, I guess. I'm sure there was other people, but... Well, we this, this is like the era of Spile Tribe. This was before Spile, Spile Tribe. tribe. okay Tribe,
0: okay. Um, Car- Car- Castle Morton was, well, after that. Like the... two years, three oh, years wow. later. <coughs> Excuse,
1: Excuse me. me. Couple of years later, yeah. So you were ahead of the curve this, there a little bit. I remember Spiral Tribe came and st- we used to live in a squat in a place called Demon, right? And it was a really evil little place. It was like bodies floating in the canal and stuff.
0: Where's this?
1: Amsterdam. Oh, really? <laughs> so <laughs> southwest Amsterdam. It was a really horrible squat, but um you know, it you was know, somewhere. Else. So Spiral Tribe. there was an advance. Advance crew came out to meet up with us, and they were like, "Yeah." Is this <laughs> when you were in Amsterdam or Italy? Uh, you got to oh, Italy? it was way before Italy. Oh, it right. probably okay. about a year before so Italy. So you stayed in
0: a- Amsterdam for...
1: Yeah, we did a thing. It was called The Last Bus Stop. And it was like... Um, <laughs> the Last Bus Stop. <laughs> it, was a, a, like a, old, um, it was like an old... It wasn't really an island. It was like a big concrete kind of loads. Of, they call them loads. So it was like warehouses surrounding a big metal... A uh, concrete sort of concourse, but with metal strips holding the concrete sheets in place... And they wanted us to do something. So we built a car henge out of uh, trucks and... Car bit, henge. Yeah. And we actually welded it straight onto the ground. So there's a always... stone henge made out of cars, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. But there's actually... I've, do you
0: know what? There's, um, anyone wants to Google this, there's
1: pictures of it. I've, I saw some Those pictures. ones are at Glastonbury. Oh, those is that a different yeah. one? Yeah, yeah cause I've, seen, I've seen this, yeah. It was a bit of a thing with us. Just get some cars and stand them on their end and stick another car on top and you've got uh, yeah. you know, something that's impressive. <laughs> car henge. <laughs> yeah. People so like, yeah, Whoa. you're in Amsterdam, you um, yeah, we could just weld straight onto the ground because of these metal strips running through. Wow. So we like, yeah, um, Levant Kader. was that? I think it's called Levant Kader. And there was loads of people squatting there, and there was an old bus that had become this centre, community sort of centre. And, um, yeah, the last bus stop, it was all squatted. There was loads of junkies. It was, it was a bit rough. Um, in fact, we like so people would go, like, you can have that car there. So we'd drag this old Volkswagen over and we'd sort of put it on its end and weld it into place and we had to kick out some junkies that were living in it they lived um, in the car they were living in this sort of broken down car we like kicked <laughs> them out we welded this thing at place and then put another car across the top made a, a henge and then the next day they the junkies had moved back into it <laughs> <So> <laughs> on its end <laughs> standing straight upright <laughs> and they just went back in and we were like you yeah, know well fair play I mean, <laughs> It's not, it's not my place to kick you out of your fucking car. So when um,
0: I, what Spiral Tribe went out to oh meet yeah, you so when, had, when you were in Amsterdam? Oh or? yeah,
1: so that was a little bit later, but um, I can't remember. But, but what happened was it was really sad. They came out and um, we were like, so who's this? And people are going, oh, Spiral Tribe, they're you know they're a crew. It's a good crew. They they're doing shit back in Britain. It's good. Yeah, work with them. So we kind of met up with them and I uh, sort of let them stay in the squad and we helped them um, acquire a, a generator. And then just going, you know, we're doing this party, helping point them in some directions, but they ended up going down to Barcelona and getting busted for selling drugs to a cop. (laughs) It was like, but you never know who's in your crew, do you know what I mean? Like, there's some geezer in this crew that was, uh, yeah. So, I don't don't know, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be saying that. Well, do you know
0: what? (laughs) I think the thing is that when you have a collective, it's like, you know, which. You know, I'm trying to build my own collective of, of like-minded people for, mm. you know, based around the lowering the tone thing. You know, because we've got ambitions above and beyond just DJing and just yeah. doing a show. Like, so you're trying to find like-minded people to how to grow a thing. Mm. I'm not, I'm not, no, all my people are cool, <laughs> but you when you when you've got a, when you've got a crew of like maybe 20 plus people, mm. you start kind of losing losing. Who people are and how they're yeah, involved. For sure. So, yeah. I mean, you can't play. You know, if the core is actually working for working for the better of all the individual
1: members, you're always going to have like fringe people that aren't mm. on the same page. So, I mean, for that's just going to happen. Wh- one of the things that happened when that crew turned up was somebody else turned up and um, ended up this geezer was mugging people. <laughs> and it was just like, "We're like, who who are you? Uh, oh yeah." At the end of the day, you don't know. Well, back then you just you know you didn't know who was who. Yeah, you thought he was with him, but he's not. He's he's actually somebody else. I don't know. Well, you know especially I, I, the older I've got, the more I you know I, well, I know when my mates. To that, that
0: free sort of.
1: It was pretty free, man. (laughs) That free sort
0: of sound system, that free sort of parties, that Mm travellers. Like we just do what we can when Mm -hmm. we can, how we can. And also, throwing some some heavy, heavy drugs into the mix, you know, like heroin and stuff like that. Literally,
1: there was a body floating in the canal out out in Demon one night. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to go any further than that, but you know,
0: that's rough. Yeah, I guess it's times like that you go. Maybe well, you're job. like,
1: yeah, no, well, uh, getting a job was way beyond my fucking comprehension at that <laughs> <Skill> point. <set. laughs> yeah. That wasn't going to happen. Like I was in it for a beautiful, beautiful, yeah. like, um, mugs for life.
0: <laughs> um, so we're in Amsterdam. How did oh, yeah. we get, oh, um, how do we manage to, to
1: go to italy because oh, okay so um oh, are we was... gonna get to italy you know all oh, like, right yeah, yeah gonna, I'm I'm go that was, <laughs> it was actually really sweet what happened when, when we did this uh, last bus stop thing we did this whole little festival people liked it it was you know really homegrown and um but these these dudes turned up they're in this motorcycle gang they all had harley davidsons and they were italian and they were like ah we like we love your stuff man he's very good and that's not very good at Italian accent, but um, I've heard worse. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "You must come and work with us. You must come and work with us in um, in Italy." We do this theater festival in Santo Cangelo. It's like a really old, established theater festival, it runs for ten days. And they were like the technicians. They were like the roadies, the lighting guys. But they're a bunch of really anarchistic punk bikers, and uh, they were going, "Yeah, you must come." So they went down, and they said to this theater festival in Santo Cangelo... If you don't get these guys to come we're not working this this year and they were like oh, okay then so you know they kind of held them to ransom and um so they got us to go down there and um it took us in fact there's a film out my my mate uli uli hap has done this film um mutoid waste the oh, what's it called well, it's only one metre of waste film. <laughs> um, oh, was
0: that so this is he, documentary available? It's
1: a documentary, yeah, and he's just kind of released it. All he, oh, right. He's only been working on it for about twenty years or something. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he follows around for seven years doing this experimental film, and um, and part of it is that I was getting from um, uh, Amsterdam to to Italy, right, via Barcelona, where we did a, a job. And uh, we had like so many blowouts and stuff. In fact, that's the main feature of the film. we were just dealing with money? tires. How did you make money for this period? Like while you were in Europe? You well, know? yeah, we yeah, just getting some random kind of you know. We did an installation. We built a, an ice cream bar in um in San, in in Barcelona. Okay, it was like a giant crab. The big claws, and that was the ice cream bar. So that funded some of that. And uh, we did a few exhibitions, and we used to sell stuff. Every now and again, we'd sort of get to do some installation in a club or something. We right. did a few in Paris, actually. Paris was a really good mental gig we had. Paris is a cool place. Yeah. I I, I don't know. If, yeah. I, Paris wasn't featured much in... in you know, Everybody thinks about Italy, but we did this whole thing in Paris, which is amazing. Um, we had all this... Paris glitterati at this warehouse, about 2,000, 3,000 people. And, um, Which year was this?
0: Just roughly.
1: It was before Italy. Uh, so we did Amsterdam, then we went to Berlin. And then we sort of, like, yeah, we were trying to break the wall down. We didn't, right. we didn't manage. <laughs> <laughs> went, went away, the wall came down, went back. Um, but that's featured in this film. So yeah. uh, oh, what's you you the film? Out? Oh, it's, okay, the M- Mutoi Waste, the. Um, what is it, the the unrevealed files or something, should, right? Should okay. Like, if you just you well, know, sure I, if you Google me, it's always. I tell you what we do we is
0: when we um when when we put this podcast so out, we, we add this to the Facebook group, which is where okay. everyone goes and talks about see, the show and stuff. See. Um, I I'll, I I'll find a link for you can send me a link and I mean I'd, for me it's I, quite
1: painful. It's a bit like home movies. It's really badly.
0: We Yeah,
1: no, I've got a mohawk, but me and all my buddies look really, you know, skinny and young. And some of them look pretty, yeah. Some like you know, some of them look pretty. My my mate Strappo, he looks pretty back then. I didn't realise at the time, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's quite funny. Yeah, we looked good, all tanned and so this skinny. this
0: documentary will explain the question I've been asking. What? <laughs> how we made it to Italy oh yeah I yeah. Say oui. oh, okay I feel like so, i'm with you
1: okay so yeah they basically they these so these bikers called the bambino morte posse they were from yeah. milan that means dead baby dead dead baby motorcycle club nice yeah Classy. but they were so they were just such lovely dudes man they were just and the mentor we used to i used to go out riding with them and they would be like driving through milan at 60 miles an hour standing on their seats like with their arms the, out like crucifix. Do you crucifix, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, Okay guys, you know. I was sitting at eight fifty Suzuki at the time, but I was like was definitely not standing on my seat. Right. And I was like worried about every red light that we went through, but they weren't.
0: So how how long did you stay there for?
1: Um, it was really sweet. the the, the reason we got to stay there was um so we were only gonna do a, a festival and um we kind of we were offloading all our vehicles and we and at one point Joe nearly crashed this truck getting off the trailer and the mayoress um, she just thought we were hilarious we, we were like we tried we wanted to be a circus right we, you know we had pretensions towards that we'd sort of done stuff with our chaos
0: well our okay, is quite an interesting one we'll, we'll actually talk about it a bit later
1: but yeah this. our chaos we, yeah totally cool we were so we were kind of trying to be our well we were trying to up our game we had the set right in fact our chaos stole our set they stole our aesthetic right? yeah. which was another story well, you But you
0: guys were like the original steampunk that, yeah the I guess, look you know, the I visual mean, look. i mean
1: we were getting that I mean, okay, we're probably getting it from, um, you know, we're getting it mainly from 2000 AD, I have to say. Right. right? And um, all all stuff related to Mad Max was kind of from 2000 AD as well. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. I don't know if you know that Brendan McCarthy, he did the last Mad Max, right? He basically storyboarded the whole Mad Max. But he also put ideas into a few of the other Mad Maxes. And Brendan McCarthy was one of the guys who used to work for 2000 AD doing... Stories, okay. you know, didn't an, know. Brilliant that. artist, brilliant artist. And Joe, he was in a, a little skinhead gang with Brendan McCarthy and Brett Ewins, who used to do 2000 AD. And they used to basically chuff glue and have these mad hallucinations about what the future was going to be like. And that's kind of where a lot of that 2000 AD stuff came from. Wow. And that's probably where a lot of the mutoid stuff came from, you know. Right. Post apocalyptic. Yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it made sense when you chuffed some glue. Snipping <laughs> glue. <laughs> of course it did. But um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have told everybody that. But <clears throat> anyway, it was uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a big link, and uh, you know, some people that just sort of maintain that we're just some sort of like um, you know Mad Max rip off. It was it was a bit deeper than that. we were yeah. actually coming from yeah. the same place. You know.
0: Well, that kind of that also I I I. I wrote a few few different... I mean, lines.
1: we weren't trying to be... Uh, also, you know, one of the things... We weren't trying to be this sort of dysmorphic, post-apocalyptic shit. We were actually trying to be funny, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of humour involved, you know. we like. So we moved into this place in um, Kentish Town, and there's was a whole load of toilets in this warehouse, and we just, like, arranged all these toilets in this really decorative fountain. You know, there's about 100 <laughs> toilets, all just kind of, like... You know, it, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. it was just, you know, use what you find lying around and we try to do it with humour. We weren't trying to scare people. Although it was, you know, to be honest, when I first went to a mutoid party, I was a bit scared, but I was well, also... I can
0: imagine it being quite daunting to see it like that. So industrial and, yeah. and metal and, yeah. like, hard. It was in.
1: hard as fuck, but it really was, you know, coming from... We were taking piss out of everything, you know what I mean? It was like, we yeah. should have been called... Um, it was like double entendres and kind of, you know, um, everything, I don't know. Yeah, it was just, it was quite humorous. Yeah. It really was. We weren't trying to scare anyone. That's one of the things about, there's a, quite a lot of Mad maxi things go on at Burning Man. And it's like, you know, you get a car and you cover it in spikes and, you know, yeah. Ba- doll's heads and, yeah, and with some fire. It not actually that clever, you know what I mean? So we always try to inject humour into that sort of thing. Well, you know what well I mean? that
0: leads us on nicely actually to the teapots because I can see what you're saying there. Pretty, is that pretty you, pretty well, yeah. what was it called? There's something I, I know it's I just we were, called it the teapots, but we, we were called. we
1: called it the lost teapot. Yeah, that's it. Because um, I always just I just sort of called it the teapots. That's, yeah. Um, well a lot, some people call them kettles and we're like, that's not a kettle. They they don't really get teapots in in america but i
0: don't think they need to have tea i don't know they don't drink
1: tea like they we do. don't but i did meet where well, did i did meet some tea enthusiasts you know what i mean people are like, oh, you must love tea i'm like, not really <laughs> I mean, i'm more of a coffee man so anyone that doesn't know um
0: we, we you, you, did a you thing you supplied a massive installation of yeah.
1: how it many was, was it it was a very well received installation at burning man 2014 14 remember? yeah yeah, yeah, well, kind of got funded partly by Burning Man, which is, like, I've, yeah, in, in a few years I've been working with Burning Man, it's it, it's it can be a complete pain, but it's also, you know, a nice thing to, to be part of the family. Yeah. And I think they kind of embraced us. It was really kind of lovely. But, um, yeah, so they, they fund stuff. I mean, you can apply for funding, but it's a whole process of shit you, know? so yeah, yeah, yeah. you might as well just get a job and earn the money <laughs> um the amount of emails i had to do to get this funding and they never give you all the money you know if you're going to do a project it's going to cost 50 grand they say right okay we'll give you 25 And right. that's the way they work you know yeah. so we'd got a third of the money from them a third of it we got from just um mates and 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 what can I say entrepreneurs and then the other third we got oh, oh, from the crown
0: frame. oh right so you you you've got you've got some sort of benefactors oh yeah we raised some in
1: from friends and mates yeah. and like I say I put his money in myself so it was yeah really scraped together um why do we do that I don't know <laughs> well, it was
0: an immense installation it was uh, I mean it was yeah, yeah you know you can go online and see all the pictures in yeah. fact in fact when i said that I was a facebook it.
1: thing the last tea party that's lost. right yeah it's not, yeah. It's not yeah. last lost l-o-s-t T-P-I. tea party t-e-a so that, did you need a crew as well to work oh, that, yeah. like uh yeah. well to building it was um yeah it was a bit mental i i, I suppose actually,
0: you needed to like to build and to be there as well
1: when i left when i left britain basically my mate scotty so me and joe went out actually and did burning Manage. joe to, from mutual rush race. yeah yeah we, in 2008, we went out there and built a horse. You can probably Google that. Mm. It's called. It was called... I've Rus- already posted that up, actually. Oh, nice. Rustang uh, Sally. Yeah. And, uh, she, What's it
0: called? Rustang Sally? Rustang Sally. Yeah, fantastic.
1: She was an old uh, Ford F250, like big sort of V8 petrol engine. <laughs> Fucking lovely. And um, we went... So, oh, yeah, I, was, I, I think I was, I was, we were chatting earlier. So what happened was Joe's girlfriend, Ruth, who was... Uh, she's an amazing performer. And um, she kind of, like, was a really responsible for doing Trash City when we started yep. trying doing Trash City. She kind of brought in Block Nine and all those people through her kind of performance sort of side, because we weren't, me and Joe ain't performers, we're just, like, you know, we make sculpture. Yeah. And um, she brought this whole element of performance to it, which was awesome. And her and her mate basically went out to Burning Man in 2007, I think, and ended up just, like, just... Um, drifting from one tent, Camp well, one bit of shade <laughs> to another, and um, I met up with uh, this guy, Scotty, who I was saying earlier. He was um, he runs a sound system over there, but he's like a boy from Froome. He's, he was one of the founders of Glade, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, and yeah. he used to manage the Oswick Tentacles. <laughs> And, um, Which is awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's he's, a claim to fame mate, alone. A, this guy is just like a fucking dynamo, honestly. Out of anybody I've ever met, he's the guy that just gets shit done. And he, he was the reason we so did he the teapots. Yeah, he's already living out there, he had an American wife and a couple of kids. And right. and he was so he's so he met Ruth and was like, Yeah oh, what, your boyfriend's Joe Rush from the Mutoids? Oh, I love the Mutoids. Yeah, get him to come over. So she came back and was like, look, we've got to go and do it. And at the time, me and Joe were like, on a bit of a downer. We'd just sort of come back from Italy, feeling quite low. And uh, Joe was going to, he was going to get a job. He was going to learn how to become a gas fitter. <laughs> he was going to, like, we just got to get a job, and uh, I don't know what I was going to do. But in the end, we were just like, oh, okay, let's go to Burning Man. Why not? You know, those people have been saying to us for years, "You got to go to Burning Man," and we we're like, "Fuck off! We have to go to Burning Man." Sick of hearing that. But so we went and. It, they were right. We actually did have to go to Burnham, man. It was quite sweet. You bit know. of a life changer, innit? Well, it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't too much of a life changer because we were still building the shit that we'd always yeah. build. But the attitude is but, that. But knowing that you were on the right path and there was a market for what yeah, you were doing, there was a whole yeah. world it out was, there that would enjoy it. Yeah, you know? it That's like, what I mean by life changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, what it was was that we sort of went out there with a little bit of a sort of British attitude of like fucking hippies and that, you know? Yeah. And it was actually very sweet. But well, that's you what know? I thought When people come well. up to you and go, yeah, you exactly. know. People, in in At Glastonbury, I've seen people trying to kick my sculptures over, literally just trying to kick it. And if they ain't kicking it over, they're pissing on it. Really? And, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, mate, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, that is the last thing that would happen at Burning Man, no, as you know. They people come up and they go, oh, man, thanks for your gift. You know? Yeah. Oh, Aren't you going to piss on it? Wait for people to come kick mate? it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did this. So we did this Range Rover, which was like a really narrow Range Rover. Took out um, a whole centre section, so just instead of two seats, was one seat. This your first year, at Ben? No, this was at uh, Glastonbury. Oh right, okay. So we built this Range Rover that was like really narrow, and I came around a corner, and there's like three blokes just trying to kick the thing over to you know <laughs> topple it. So you know, I was like, "Oi, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> you don't respect I was like, art. God, yeah, it's like. And over there, there's just so much respect and so much love. And as much as we had this sort of punk attitude about fucking hippies, it was like, it was coming from a really nice place. Yeah, yeah. How how can you fault that? But, um, and, and I found it just, it's just really lovely. People coming up to us and going, you know, man, thanks for your gift. You know, meaning this, this sculptural truck that we were driving around. And, um. Just people go like, "Do you want a sandwich?" <laughs> hey, a I beer. found that too. You know, uh, I found there was what, a lot of giving. Like, really, what? What do you want? Uh, no, no, it's just a sandwich. To me, kind of, me? Me. <laughs> felt like Man was
0: very much a, a. Well, it is very much a kind of like. It's it's a giving community. Like, you don't need to ask. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah, anyone yeah. that's and around. Going, have you got this? Have you got that? You kind of go. Mm. Well, you don't really need to because mm. everyone offers stuff. Mm. You don't. It's always you, you're offered more than you need. Mm. Yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And no, I, I don't think I've ever met mm. anyone at Burning Man who says, mm. "Hey, have you got?" And just mm. and just like ask for something without something in return. Mm. Yeah, it's like you know, sure. hey, I've got
1: this. It's strange. I'm looking isn't isn't for it? that. You know, it, is it? I don't know. I mean, the whole, obviously, it sort of grew organically. But it's, um, is it because that you know that's what to expect when you get there? Is that, is that why everybody's been so fucking polite? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I um, don't know. Because that certainly doesn't I was the same, same as something. you, though. Yeah. It took so, me away.
0: a long time from being told about Burning Man to mm. actually going. Mm. And that's not because I didn't have the opportunities to go, it's just mm. that I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> could go to desert, and hang out with a bunch of hippies, and pay, and pay to get in. Yeah, like sure. you know, and yeah. and and then pay for everything. Yeah. And yeah. like I, just I didn't see the. I, and yeah. at that point, I hadn't grasped it was an art-based thing. Right. I was like, it's just full of people, sound systems, just like I. I didn't really grasp. Mm. That what was going on yeah. the to enorm- me
1: the enormity of the social experiment yeah <laughs> and it really is it, you're, you're right it, it isn't a social experiment yeah. and yeah. it seems to be working well it is, is that starting point you you also it's. You know, I mean, it isn't that far away from civilization. It's, what, 300 miles from San Francisco. Mm. But it is a bit of a trek, I mean, you yeah. yeah, uh, know. 300 yeah. miles of, like, pretty much nothing, isn't it? Like Seems desert. a lot
0: longer coming home. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to get back yeah, to San Francisco sure. or Reno or wherever you fly yeah, yeah. from, oh, and knowing Reno's that <laughs> you've you got a 12-hour flight back. Back. as well.
1: <laughs> and then we stopped off at Reno on the way back one time and um, there's a bunch of dudes beside us and they were, they were in the next camp to us. And they we they were in at the foyer in front of us and they were like, Uh oh, yeah, we want we want like the, the presidential suite. And like, <laughs> and we were like, Dude, really? And he was going, Yeah, it's like two hundred bucks, man. It's like, <laughs> like like fucking presidential suite, you know. And it was awesome, you know. And we actually said we went, Okay, we we want like a really good suite too, you know. Fucking a hundred bucks bought you like this huge room with like huge baths and you know, do you ever yeah, stop yeah, the yeah. reno? So you just got loads of dusty burners just burners, washing yeah. himself down. In, in these, the swimming like, pool. <laughs> yeah, and it's totally luxurious because they just want people there to sort of gamble. So, yeah. like, the rooms are so cheap for what they are, you know what yeah. I mean? It ain't, you know, it's, it was... First, first year I went now, I I I got... Shit. I got...
3: Oh,
0: hello, sorry. <laughs> first year <clears throat> I went, oh, I sorry, I got into the RV... And then it was like, should we leave? And it was like, yeah, I should leave? Leave where? Just what? leave Burning Man. Oh, right? yeah. this, it was He's like, on, no, but this was like on um, the Sunday, right, after. And we were sort of sitting there and I was like, should we leave? And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And um, we literally just kind of left. And I realised I'd left my shoes there. <laughs> because I'd taken my shoes off to get in the RV because they were filthy. Right. Yeah. And then we just left. Yeah. So we got to, like, the first service you station. Shoes. I was like, let's get out. <laughs> I went... I ain't got no shoes. (laughs) By the time we got to San Francisco, I literally walked down the street to the Adidas store with no (laughs) shoes on, looking to buy a pair of shoes. (laughs) Because I was in a hotel, and I was like, I couldn't ask them. It was either that or walk down there in, like, bath slippers. I I mean, I just thought, I mean, San Francisco, no one's going to batter an eyelid. really,
1: Really, they wouldn't. Yeah. But Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I, I, know, I don't know why I told you that was confiding. No, no. no so I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Um, so talking barefoot barefoot about frame.
0: events and stuff, um, what what
1: uh, highlights? Um.
0: What's been? What's out, is there any one or like? I tell you what. Not just highlights, low lights. Maybe they're easier to remember. God, no, I don't even Have you had any oh, like terrible man. events where
1: you just went, God. oh man, um, I'm just so oh, pleased to meet Yeah, there's a couple, but. I
0: don't. Or, or, or ones that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm happy here. Like, yeah, no, I know. don't
1: want to go with the low lights because that's just too <laughs> fucking depressing. Um, but there has been some. No, I don't know. They've all been good, man. You know, just. It sounds really trite, but I just, I just love seeing people's faces when they just check out the shit and they're just like, really? You know, yeah. really? <laughs> you, you did this? What? Why did you do this? Yeah. Uh, well, so that you guys would look at it and go, why did you do this? You know, yeah, that's why to get that it. response. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry, though. It. <laughs> it's all right. Turn this off. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, so highlights, all, all the parties, every single fucking party was brilliant. Um. I, I didn't even know where to start with that one.
0: All right, we'll come back to that. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry, I have a bunch of questions. Um, when it when it comes to projects, when you decide on what you're going to do, like, like we were chatting right at the beginning of the podcast, um, with the dragon car, where where where, where do you even start?
1: Where, where, what, what the dragon thing I'm building? Yeah, now? you're building now. Well, like, you not, story? not just that.
0: I mean, in general, when when a project in general, what what's the what's the way that it gets
1: started? It usually starts with somebody saying, "Can you do this?" And I just don't think about it and go, "Yeah, I can do that." And so you, you <laughs> never
0: work on stuff that you think, well, maybe this this would be a, an interesting thing to work
1: on." Oh no, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, I choose the jobs, you know, stuff. Yeah, um, I, I used to try and do commercial stuff. I have done commercial stuff. I've done stuff that I wouldn't put my name to, you know, just yeah. Um, you know what building stuff with videos or films or whatever um not necessarily very artistic but so yeah i do that as a bread and butter thing but um yeah every now and again you get a project where you just you know i can make i can use this uh, i would include this in my folio if you yes. if you will you know what i mean having said that i don't i'm f- bloody useless at Having stuff, I don't know if you've seen my website, but it's shit. But, uh, <laughs> Do you know just, I don't update it. Did, it I'm it not didn't come up actually. actually. When oh, I was great. looking for you, and um, I went to Facebook, I probably haven't paid for it for a while. It's just, yeah, no, it's rubbish. I'm, I'm useless at that shit. I wish I was better, but um, well, we
0: hook you up because my best yeah, mate cheers, is man. a uh, web builder who does the well. Minxie stuff. is
1: really good at that. man. you know, we chat about Minina Minx, my, my best mates, and um, yeah, she's really good at that shit, and I'm just totally not. Mm. so
0: when i'm like when when like, for thankfully example,
1: i don't really need it that well i just get by without it so i, I guess
0: i guess there's a lot of word of mouth for a start mm. and also is that there's a lot of people that you, you know you're established for like 35 years was it 35 years yes yeah, like 35
1: know. years well, i think maybe 25 years but well, let's say 25 that's still
0: <laughs> a long time yeah. I but a, established much. as a as a as a you know, sculpture there's designer, artist, what, what However, you want to pitch yourself. I, mm. I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of people that be like, do you know what, bunch of wide boys. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Do you find that there's a lot of people that that throw money at something because they they decide they see it and they're inspired. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I, it's, I don't mean this in disrespect, but it's like, like wealthy people. You know, you yeah. have it at Burning Man as well. Like, mm. like you know where people go there and they get blown away. And because they have a that's little good. bit of surplus income, no, they I want I to mean, throw some money at this. this, this good. Great,
1: I think that's a really, I mean, some people think that's a really, I've there's, there's been a certain amount of negativity about rich people funding stuff at Burning Man. What could be more fucking pure than that, really? Because I've worked for people like Red Bull when, you know, there's a lot of money involved and, um, and a lot of work and you're trying to please them and they're just trying to please themselves and make money. It's really commercial. It's like Yeah. Fuck that shit. If you've got somebody who's got loads of money and they put loads of money into something, they don't want anything. It's not a commercial it's right. not a commercial thing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's like for, the, for for for, a for real the real reason. Yeah. For the right reasons. And yeah. I mean, I can't actually fault that, you know. I would completely fault working on a commercial level and you know, I've been trying to get away from it, you know, it's like every now and again I, I have to work for people like that and I'm not proud of it, and I hate it, I feel shafted. (laughs) Right, okay. But if some rich dude comes up to me and goes, you know, here's fucking 10 grand, build something nice, how good is that? You know what I mean? How can you... Well, that's find, a gift, isn't it, like you're, it saying, is, like, yeah. like you're
0: saying about Burning Man, is that people view it and go, well, thank you for the gift. Thank yeah. you for what you've... So yeah. if someone's actually going to fund that, you should be like, thank the, yeah. thank the guy that gave and me the money, allowed us to do this, to give For it to sure you.
1: those guys ain't going like, oh, it has to be this big, and it has to be that big, and it has to, you know... Because I mean, I've had people, like, big commercial things, come to me and say, like, wait, we we really like what you do can you design something? So I'll design it. I'll spend ages thinking about it, working out, designing it. And then they'll go, okay, well, it's okay, but can you make it, you know, a bit smaller? Can you make it like longer? And can you make it pink? You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, why don't you fucking make it then? <laughs> do you know? It's like, I'll show you how to weld. <laughs> just people come up to you and they say, we really love what you do. And maybe they do, but they ask you to build something and then they try and direct you how to build it, and that—that's commercial art, and it yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know why I'm so. so uh, yeah, I, so I guess I guess you obviously, <laughs> obviously I've got a beef about commercial art.
0: Well, why not? It's up to you. Yeah. It's like you know, it's the, if if like. Like you're saying, is the project comes in and somebody, somebody can afford to do it, mm, mm. and they're allowing you to make something that's amazing, the best and they thing trust ever. your judgment. Yeah, what more can you want? I mean, that's a perfect scenario, I guess.
1: Like, I live for that. Yeah.
0: Well, anyone that's listening. Oh yeah, anybody's got loads <laughs> of money
1: wants me to make something, but not make it, you know, pink, twenty foot long, and then change big, change then the size of it halfway through. Don't free. tell me what to do for fuck's sake.
0: <laughs> well um we're getting to that right at the end because we um, obviously i'm gonna ask you all your contacts and everything um can i ask you about arcadia because arcadia is a monster yeah. and and it, it, it has grown and grown and grown as in to, mm. um now it's like accepted as one of the premier stages worldwide
1: sweet yeah yeah, yeah brilliant um yeah pip and bertie um they so pips joe's brother which joe, we joe, know, from, yeah, joe, joe, joe you might rush. have to keep saying it only joe, joe rush is uh, like the founder of the mutoids and uh pips his brother right pip rush and um yeah no i remember i can't even remember how long ago it was that pip and bertie and alex and pete paul paul pob and yeah so they just basically they sort of like came and sort of worked with us on one of the glastonbury's and um and uh, they'd only done a couple of festivals. They were like really fresh and quite young, and and it was quite sweet. And two years later, they're just fucking banging right into it. You know, <laughs> it was like yeah, just all the energy that I haven't got because I'm not that young. <laughs> you know, they they've just and yeah, they just work brilliantly. They got like enthusiasm. They got like a crew. They're all you know. I remember me and jobs hanging out with them like. So there's all these, like, guys with their shirts off, and me and Giles just, we can take our shirts off. (laughs) We don't have that, like, sort of six-pack. Anyway, so, yeah. uh, Yeah, it's a young crew with, like, like, loads of enthusiasm and the right attitude. So it's just huge. That's a
0: huge installation. It was,
1: yeah, it was brilliant. But, well, they started small. You know what I mean? They started with a couple of uh, aeroplanes or jet engines and... um, they made a little DJ booth out of that and then they built right. a little stage off that and then they had this truck that they built around the truck and built a stage off it. It's like, you know, you just build up and they've done it really well. The thing about what me and Joe have been doing over the years is that we don't really save shit. We're really bad at that. Every gig, we just like scrap everything and start again. Really? Yeah, it's really stupid. But, uh,
0: because, really, I mean, I was gonna, that was I mean, one of my questions of where yeah. does
1: all this like... Well, what, what Pip's done, Pip and Bertie have done it, they just kind of like um kept focus and just kept adding to the thing you know yeah. so what started off as a one one rocket engine they hoisted it up did a dj booth in it and then hoisted it up a bit more then they got um like the main legs they're off of uh i think they're off like it's like a container crane for loading containers right, on the okay. side of a ship that's what those legs are right okay. so they got them and uh, then you got a couple of trucks with the cranes you know just keep you just got to keep adding to it, and they've right. done done really well at it, you know. And just had focus on, just keep adding to the I show. They done a
0: one day event in Bristol, city. Didn't they, they went out in
1: Singapore and stuff, and they've been, in, you know, they've done some. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a, it's a wicked show, you know.
0: Yeah, and everyone's queuing up to play there, and
1: um... yeah, yeah. Well, I played there a couple of times. They won't get me anymore, <laughs> mate. <laughs> well, you yeah. played there a couple of times yeah. more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a wicked set as well. <laughs> can, yeah, that was when we were at Trash City. Oh, okay. In, yeah, it was Trash City. So um, to, just
0: cut back to talking about DJ, and because I first heard about you. I knew about Metroid Waste. I knew about about all the Art Collective. But you personally, when, when I heard about you, was when um, you released on Wall of Sound. And it was the same time as when I worked for Wall of Sound with Ceasefire. I mean, this mm. is very the same era. When was, like, that so was that then? So early 90, days 94? of Big Beat. 90. Yeah. Probably
1: around ninety-four. Do you remember all that 94. thing about Big Beat and nobody going like nobody wanted to be part of Big Beat? Did you want to be part of Big Beat? <laughs> well, when you put it like that. <laughs> no, it was like I I didn't give a fuck. I was <laughs> just was, making some beats. Exactly, yeah. no, but I remember I do remember I just remember thinking about we I did a few Wall of Sound gigs and everybody was just being really precious about not, you know, we're not part of Big Beat, you know. And it was like I thought it was really counterproductive, you know. I remember... Um, I quite like the melting pot of Big Beat. I like I the thing it's like of fun. <laughs> it was like It's nobody like, nobody's yeah, like fun, yeah, yeah.
0: like for a techno in there, for a house, could... I think you what know, it was was... Anything, a bit of melting pot, that worked like, for me.
1: It was on a sort of, sort of, it was on the, um, on the trailing end of like Trip Hop. Yeah, I yeah, 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 Just having it that... Was, it was an tempo Trip Hop. But I think <laughs> that name Trip Hop kind of fucked a load of things up. You know, I mean, I don't even think, if you, if you look in um, Mixmag, there isn't even, like, a breakbeat chart anymore. Well, like there more. is, actually. Is there? Yeah. Okay. It's not what you would think is breakbeat, though. It's all about, it's all about fucking labels, but, isn't it? And it's I just based now. I do remember. You're right. <laughs> but are right. We
0: remember. won't talk about breakbeat. On this show, we've no. talked about breakbeat a lot. Okay. The only reason I won't talk about it is but because, what? like, everyone knows my thoughts about it. And whenever I talk to someone else, I, I always find myself going, but don't you think... And I yeah. start trying to Don't guide him into the way that I feel about <laughs> it. Yeah, trying to of manipulate that. you into the way I I think. do have
1: one little story about
0: that that I thought it was quite funny. Right, But, we yeah, did. when it comes to Big B, we're talking pre-Break B. Yeah. So this, yeah, this before, is a scene. Before Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, well, it was going yeah, yeah. before was Fat Boy Slim. Was saying, Slim. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, the yeah. scene was moving along before Fat Boy
1: but, Slim. But what I thought was funny, like, is I've got, it's got a little story here. A little story. Um, so like we we did this um, Wall of Sound party. You might you might have even been there. I don't know, but it was like uh, just off um, Leicester Square, down a little alleyway, um, in this little club. It's quite small. It's like only like, four hundred people, three hundred. Is it was in a Milk
0: Bar? I don't know. Falconberg Court. It sounds like Falconburg Court. Sounds yeah, because there was two little places down there. Falconberg uh, right. Theatre, which was like yeah. a. A, a very like a, bespoke little kind of theatre thing, but doubled up as a the the club, bar. and the milk bar was down there as well.
1: But what happened was uh, so Mark Jones, who just wore uh, yep. us down, and uh, he decided to do this like 80s kind of revival shit. And they were just kind of being obtuse for the point of it, they just didn't want to be a breakbeaty <laughs> thing, you know what I mean? So he said, Right, we're gonna to do tonight, everybody just play what you liked in the 80s right so <laughs> i ended up playing like some weird fucking virgin prince shit and throbbing gristle i don't know and um stuart um you know jacques leconte he ended yeah. up playing like sort of abc and all that sort of stuff from the 80s you know just like it's yeah. just weird and um who else there was a bunch of guys but everybody was playing not wall of sound that's that nobody was playing any kind of breaks I bet it was
0: and sure was, was
1: what happened was like i was djing i think i can't remember who had been djing before me but this japanese guy came up and he was like he was going ah oh, when are the wall of sound djs gonna play and yeah. i was like uh oh, I, I, I don't know mate Bob <laughs> <laughs> oh, was
0: oh, like oh, jones I, was always a bit of a he, he, he 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 was very good at um, going against the grain yeah, to yeah, create yeah.
1: something new that would yeah. work. All, all this guy wanted to hear was just some wall of sound shit. Yeah. And that was the last thing that we were yeah. going to play. And I just couldn't explain that to him. I just had to say, listen, I don't know, mate. I'm, 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 I, I'm, I don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, after that, I was like, God, why can't we just please the crowd you know what I mean because as a DJ years for years I, that's all I tried to do was just please the fucking crowd you know because right. like, when we, you please yourself you end up with a fucking empty dance floor <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, you know I'm kind of <laughs> maybe your experience I, I, is different I
0: don't know it's like I, I kind of I, I sort of think when, when I when I play music I you know I lose people on my page a little bit when I post in little YouTube clips and and stuff that I like. I, I definitely lose people are like, yeah, what the fuck, you know? When I'm posting up sort of like a little bit of see you later. country or something like that, <laughs> that, that I <laughs> yeah, like this, I do this really is good. really cool, you know. Or I post up something that, that's like a little bit what you wouldn't expect. Definitely right. lose people, but I wouldn't play that. So I kind of
1: you should i, I know what well, i know what's expected it, of me it, it.
0: actually in a club yeah you know within reason within mm. reason cool. when i say within reason is that unfortunately i do have a lot of kind of uh, breakbeat baggage yeah yeah i don't I know yeah. if that's yeah. the technical term I'm for looking, it <laughs> yeah no i think
1: that is exactly the technical term but for it's it, like
0: yeah. so you have a lot of people go why are you playing it's temp, called mate? it's, like, it's, it's called it's called braggage yeah braggage <laughs> um so anyway look let's get back on you because i i, look, I don't need any excuse to talk about myself <laughs> mm. um can we just talk about a steampunk thing steampunk I, mean, oh, yeah. I find it really interesting because you guys were doing it before it was known as being a cool
1: sort of look yeah well I, I, you know i think it's really sweet i i love goggles basically when when we all started the first thing you do is like put on a set of goggles and all of a sudden you're dressed up you know what i mean um and then, yeah, I don't know. I, I, steampunk is lovely. I, I kind of really liked, um, there's William Gibson did a book called, what oh, the fuck was it called? It was a basically a steampunk novel, that kind of, it was called The Babbage Engine. Right, um, okay. And basically a guy in the Victorian era, a guy called Babbage created a difference engine. That was what it was called. He created a computer. that was all kind of pneumatic, had cards and... and air blew through the holes in the cards in um in the same way as a computer does. It was uh, binary code. Right, oh, so, okay. Whoosh, zero, one, zero, yeah. one, you know. And um he created uh, a computer in the Victorian period.
0: Oh, why?
1: So William Gibson and this other dude wrote this book based on the idea that maybe the Victorians, if they'd sort of, like, got their computers together, they would have started producing all the shit. And, um yeah, it's a lo- lovely story. Um I mean, yeah. like... I, love, I I I like steampunk. It's just a little bit like um you, you can sort of look at something like that and think it's a bit naff, but um, is like, that is
0: that because it's become more credible that that, that you you know you not not I'm not going to put you my mouth, but it's because that like as as a human nature is like when you feel like you've. Part of something
1: that isn't created, something when it comes popular, you want to distance yourself from it. And that's not you
0: personally, everyone does
1: that, you know. Um, Yeah, no, I guess it's not like that, but it's like, you know, I I think I used to be a punk and I love punk, but you know, I just ain't going to walk around with a Mohican and uh, a leather jacket with the exploited written on it because it's, you know, it's it's the same as walking around with a Victorian frock coat with a top hat and goggles. (laughs) 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 I think you can maybe just push the envelope. A little bit. I mean, for years I used to like wear the most outrageous shit—just bits of motorbike stuck on my head. You know what I mean? And then (laughs) now the only way I can rebel is just to look normal. I think.
0: Do you know what Ozzy Osbourne said? The greatest quote. I thought was the greatest quote, and about his what he told his kids and uh, I say it's great it's great I watched it on the Osbournes on MTV so I'll just say yeah, what, I, what is, I took from this show this and awesome. he said if you want to be original don't get a tattoo yeah well okay. Yeah. go <laughs> you know and I just thought that for someone that's covered in tattoos he have yeah, got a few haven't you yeah, yeah a few yeah. but, but he, he would know I mean like you know Ozzy Osbourne making a point of saying you mm. know like when you're trying to look unique and you're trying to look mm. and don't just follow everyone else mm. you know you know what's unique now is not to have anything, not to be, you know, is to be cool. quite straight laced. Is different, mm. um, right? So let's get to um, the bit where um, this was massive. You got asked to do the Paralympics. Oh
1: yeah, it was quite big. Yeah, it was quite a, big. It was probably one of the biggest gigs we've done. I mean, do you know how many hits I had on my website after that? None. <laughs> <laughs> but then I mean, if it.
0: It's a funny one because I obviously I'm aware of what you do so I knew it was you. Mm. Mm. and I knew it was you guys I knew I, I knew what was going on
1: it was very sweet we got a lot of love and then we also got a bit of hate you know, there was a few people going oh you fucking sold out you know what I mean are I was you like, joking no we really did from some people in our family that should have known better were going yeah fucking sold out jealousy mate yeah I don't know It's was like well really well we did get paid and it was probably better paid than we ever got for Glastonbury but it still wasn't on a par with what everybody else got paid for that gig right. but we did it because nobody else could do it for the for the money they were offering. You know what I mean.
0: But this was a, this was broadcast worldwide. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched it on national TV. Yeah, it was I thought it was amazing. I absolutely. I'm not, I'm not just saying cute. that because you're you're sitting in front of me. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, no, it was nice. It was nice. It it happened in a really kind of organic way as well because. Um,
0: um, so so we we jumped in like everybody knows. Mutual waste were, were were commissioned to do.
1: Um, the opening ceremony of the, the opening ceremony yeah. of the Paralympics. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, is
0: yeah. I it's mean, good. outside the Olympics, but it doesn't get bigger than that, does
1: it? We did, yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, we. I think that um, we. I don't think we would have taken it on if it was like if somebody had approached us and said it's for the Olympics opening ceremony. I don't know if we would have really done that. If we had, we would have got better paid. But um, <laughs> no, it was the Paralympics. And it was like it's like you know it's like, it's like an underdog. You know what I mean? And yeah. we were all about that. And, and it was all... awesome. Uh,
0: the actual yeah. event itself, yeah, well, I felt was better as I... it as it developed the whole yeah. story.
1: Um, so the, there was a, a designer called Misty Buckley. She approached us. Well, actually, she sort of designing it with us in mind because she works with Emily Evis and does the park at Glastonbury. Right. She designs all that area, which is like it's really sweet and. You know, it's really they—they they put a lot of effort into the visuals. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's not just a load of Heineken tents. It's you know, <laughs> there's some you know, yeah, you know, ideas, and um, so she kind of liked our stuff and thought it was wacky and weird and strange, and and her and Kim Gavin kind of designed this whole show, which was quite. It was yeah. It was a bit kind of um. Altern. It was well well alternative. It was like um you know. Going back to ideas of kind of, um, I, I, um what do you call it? It's like pre Christian kind of, you know, English kind of right history. I don't know, it was all about, yeah. it was a little bit hippie ish, but it was just yeah. it was lovely. It was like about the moon, about the wind, and the elements, and yeah. you know, and so she had us in mind when she designed it. Um ended up going through a whole load of people before it came to us, and it came to us by accident by somebody phoning me up and going, like, can you do this thing? I can't tell you what it is, but um, we can't do it. Can you do it? And we're like, yeah, we'll do it. And so we ended up doing it. So that was quite strange. Um, but, um, yeah, it was like six months of 15-hour days and loads of work, and we all learned a lot. We just never right. really had um, – it was a good budget, you know what I mean? Yeah, and We spent – all the budget on doing it you know we didn't it's not like we were living large right we yeah it was a really good experience and on the back of that it gave us like um like i was saying before it was part of the it gave me the confidence to sort of do the teapots yeah it's like right. fuck it you know we can do this you know? yeah yeah and we did that in about three weeks the other one we did it was six months six so, months on the paralympics for yeah like six. a 10 minute show <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but there was, like, parts of other shows that Kim Gavin had designed, millions of th- they'd spent on this whole kind of road system. They w- they'd built this kind of Skeletrics road track right. for the actual Olympics. And um, because it didn't quite fit, they scrapped it. And it was, like, fucking eight million quid they spent building this thing. And they just scrapped it like that. You know what I mean? It was, like, just ridiculous... It's just a ridiculous project, you know what I mean. I'm not saying we got eight million. No, <laughs> we actually got sixteen million. <laughs> no, it, I mean when it comes to when it fifty come, quid. You, do you
0: still feel? Do you still feel you're a struggling artist? Have you? Well, I am struggling. <laughs> no, 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 but I mean not not feel. But do you, uh, do you
1: still embrace that? I only actually just started embracing being an artist in the last few years. You know, I used to say to people I'm an artist because they'd be like, yeah. Well, well, especially in Britain. Yeah, yeah. If you say that in America, I'm an artist. Oh, really? You know, you do that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> You're an artist. Yeah, right. Show me something. You know, might as well be a magician. Uh, but yeah, no, magician. I don't. Know. Show me something. <laughs> i a magician. Yeah.
0: <laughs> show me, me something. Show me some magic. <laughs>
1: mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Um Yeah, um, I'm an artist. But <laughs> no, I,
0: I, I guess that, like you said, you learn something from it. It's just, but then even if taken from that was that you moved on to the next and did the teapots with mm. with with that with that kind of confidence that you can deliver on
1: that level Pretty much yeah get up at 8 in the morning start yeah. building something finish at about 12 at night <laughs> well, just, But it was do you know what it was just like well for the for the whole Paralympics build um, I knew it's about what 15 of us I guess and it was just angle grinders gas torches you know welders just like it's like Dante's Inferno, do you know what I mean? Really? It's like noise, weld, heat, metal, noise, weld, heat, just for fucking hours and hours and hours. And after a while you get used to it, but I kinda love it. And also it's just it is hell. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like hell. Right. Mari- my mate Maurizio just totally burnt his arm on that on the teapot job. Oh, really? was like he was just angle grinding this thing and just set fire to his arm, but he didn't even see it and got like third degree burn in oh his no. arm. It was a really nice Hawaiian shirt as well. It's a shame. Oh dear. I know. The shirt will never be the same again.
0: So um, before we wrap up, do you want to name-check anyone?
1: Oh, God, yeah. You said that earlier, but I don't even know. Who, who did I well, name-check? Thanks Just... to
0: Ivanka for a start, because oh, she yeah, was the one that passed me on. You're the first person I've interviewed that I didn't know personally before obviously i knew about you mm. but i didn't know you you know we we spoke on the phone a couple of times and, mm. and we've spoken the phone once actually mm-hmm. alex thank, thank you so much for doing this and it's i you time. know i know i know you probably wanted to cancel today because you're oh, like
1: mate i was so close to telling you not to come around oh, i know we got all excited and stayed up all last night uh we had a barbie i don't know you know the story
0: well, yeah but like i say no one likes yeah. a quitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yeah. Um, um and yeah or, or a bullshitter. Yeah, so and thank you for the stories. Thank you for a little bit <clears> of insight <throat> into what, what you've been doing. Sure. Um I will make sure that all the links are in place um for when we when we actually air this show, air it when we put it out. Sweet. And um before you go, can I get some stings?
1: My name's Wreckage. You're listening to Lowering the Tone with Meet Katie. Awesome. (laughs) Cheers. um, Thanks, man. Where can people get in touch with you? Um, It's Wreckage Inc. Actually, I mean, I'm now called Wreckage International. Right? I know, I saw this. But when when I was on of Sound, it was called Wreckage Incorporated. Yeah. And I just thought I was being clever by changing it. I don't know why. <laughs> so now it's, uh, but, it, but I still go with that same bloody Yahoo thing, which is Wreckage Inc. W-R-E-C-K-A-G-E-I-N-C at yahoo.co.uk. Awesome. Hit me
0: up, man. And anyone? I'll if... build your sculptures and shit anyone that's got some money out there this is <laughs> a good investment
1: yeah even if you haven't got any money i seem to work that way too
0: yeah and if not just hit him up and tell them you appreciate the work um thank no. you very much Dad. cheers man so there you have it episode 15 of lower in the tone you'll know it's a pleasure for me to do these shows it's good to be back Next episode I have Evil Nine in for an interview. Plus eight in. I'll be around Tom's house and we drank some whiskey and recorded it. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I will love you and leave you.
1: a track listing for this show go to loweringthetone.london and hit subscribe